Hey there, I am Anna Michelle Gomo and you are welcome to the podcast. This is a safe space where I get to talk about God and how we can build our relationship with Him. On each episode, we'll be diving below the surface of the Bible to encounter God and grow. Currently, we are on a 365-day Bible challenge and it has been fantastic so far. And so I invite you to join us today because God has a word for you, but it is up to you to listen. So please stay tuned. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Floodcast. Today is day 140 of our Bible in your challenge and you are welcome back once again on this amazing journey of reading the entire Bible in 365 days. So guys, we have come finally to the end of such a great leader of Israel, talking about King David. We have literally been walking with King David through his life, his ups, his downs, and now we are approaching the end of his life. And today we're looking at 2 Samuel chapter 23, which describes David's last words. I don't know if you guys can remember what I said about last words, but I did say this when we're looking at um, the last words of Moses and the last words of Joshua. I said that when someone is approaching the end of their lives, they tend to emphasize on the most important things that means anything to them. They tend to emphasize on what they want people to learn after all said and done. It happened in the time of Moses and Joshua, and today we're looking at King David. And so while we're looking at King David's last words, let's just have that at the back of our minds, that whatever King David is saying now is pretty much what he holds dear. After all of his falls and all of his wins, from being a shepherd boy to being the king of all of Israel to being a warrior on the battlefield, what David says in this very few verses summarize what matters most to him. And I just think his words are so, so powerful. And I would read from verses 5. It says, And that is how God will bless my descendants because he has made an internal covenant with me, an agreement that will not be broken, a promise that will not be changed. We do um, remember when God renewed the promise that he made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to David, saying that his descendants will be vast, his kingdom will be vast, and from his lineage will come the king of kings essentially will come the messiah who would come to save all of humanity pretty much um god re-emphasizing the promise that he made to abraham the father of all uh the blessed people and so david or highlights this as the peak point of his life because it says after all said and done this is what i hold dear after all my wins and losses This is what matters most to him, that God made a covenant with him and he believes that this agreement will never be broken and that this promise will not change. And while I was reading this, it just came to me that I wish God would come to me and tell me he has an eternal covenant for me. I mean, I would be the happiest girl on earth because like that is so wild. But then I remembered 
I do have an eternal covenant. And so does everyone else. So does every Christian. And if I do say so myself, that our eternal covenant is, I don't know if I should say stronger because I don't know. I don't know the word to use, but it is so much more powerful than what King David had. What King David had was the old covenant, but which essentially still related to the new covenant. But what we have is a covenant that was and is sealed not by any sacrifice, not by any animal offering, but by the offering of God himself. What we have, the eternal covenant and the agreement that we have with God that is being reinstated every single time we come to God in prayer is sealed by the blood of Jesus himself. It's sealed by the blood of God himself. And I don't think there is, I don't think there is any, any more powerful you can get. I don't think there is any higher in strength, in magnitude that the covenant can get. Like that is the max that God will die to set us free, that God will take our place on the cross to set us free. And this is the eternal covenant, unfortunately, that most of us take for granted because we hear it so often that God loves us and God wants to come into communion with us and we should do right by God and do all of these things and uh, our, our reward would be in heaven. And because we hear this so often, it's kind of lost that wow factor. It has lost its importance. It essentially hasn't lost its importance. But we might have played a role in stripping the importance of our covenant with God. It shouldn't be, yes, Christ died for me. It should be, yes, Christ died for me. I get to boast in Jesus' love for me. I get to boast in his death on the cross for me. I get to boast about an eternal covenant that is bigger than me and bigger than anything I can ever think of or imagine that that is bigger than my life that is bigger than my lifetime that is bigger than anything that I could ever achieve in my lifetime I get to boast about God's character to keep in his word and to keep in this covenant true that as long as I believe in him as long as I abide in him as long as I open the door of my heart to him and let him control my life it doesn't have to end here for me. It doesn't have to end with sorrow and pain and tears. That there is a place that I'm going to call home. There is a place that I get to live in joy and in happiness for the rest of eternity. And this, this is something that we might never be able to understand until we actually get there. And I think that's a good part, you know. I feel like when you begin to understand something too much, it just... It, it, it just, it, it's not good enough. But for you to say that, okay, this is something I will never be able to understand, then you just realize how much, how much good it can actually be if you can never ever imagine how good it can be. I don't know if that makes sense, but <laughs> essentially what I'm saying is that we have a covenant that we can boast of as a highlight of our lives, just like King David did. And then when we go further down, we're still on Second Samuel chapter 23. David says this, That is all I desire. That will be my victory. And God will surely bring it about. I think this just shows David's 
state in the character of God that even though he is at the end of his life and he might not see the fulfillment of his promise, even though he might not see the covenant being fully manifested, he is rest assured that as long as God had promised it, it is going to happen. As long as God had made the covenant with him, God is always going to be faithful to it, even though he, as man, is faithless, even though he breaks that covenant, even though his sin and his weakness pulls him away from that covenant. And I think this is also something that we can learn from King David. We can learn to trust God more. We can learn to know God more. Because our knowledge of God, the depth of our knowledge of God will determine the depth of our relationship with God. Sometimes we make the mistake of categorizing God or judging God the way we judge ourselves. Because we know as humans that we, we, we are very frail. You know, our words are just very fragile. We can say one thing today and tomorrow mean an entirely different thing. Our moods change. Our character changes. And sometimes we feel like God is the same. We, we think that because we cannot keep up with the covenants, we think that because we cannot be faithful to our promises to God, that God also cannot be faithful to the promises that he makes to us. But that is the difference between us and God. Unfortunately for us, God is not anything like us. And we can trust in that. We can trust in his faithfulness to pull us through, even when we are too weak to keep up. One thing I heard somewhere is that um, people emphasize a lot about the love of God as being important in Christianity, which it is. I mean, love is the center of everything. We cannot see God without love. We cannot be Christian without love. We cannot live our lives as true Christian without God. And so the love of God is very important. But one thing that is also equally as important is the fear of God. The fear of God is is not doesn't necessarily mean the kind of fear that keeps you away from God or that keeps you in your guilt and in your shame or that keeps you afraid of God's punishment. No, I'm talking about the fear that comes from reverence. The fear that brings about respect. Okay, let me give you an example. So I live with my parents currently, and I have so much love for both of them. I have so much reverence and respect for both of them as well. I know what not to say in their presence. I know what not to say to their faces because I don't want to get smacked. But growing up, I knew, I mean, I, I was getting older. I knew there, there would reach a point that I would not get smacked anymore. But that respect never left. I still admire them for so many things that they were able to do for me and they're still doing for me and my siblings. And that brings about respect. And that is the kind of respect we're talking about when we're talking about fear of the Lord. I don't fear my parents like I'm getting afraid of a tyrant or an abuser, but I respect them. And that is the kind of respect that we have to have for God but we cannot respect God we cannot reverence him we cannot truly be in awe of his supremacy and power if we do not know him you you can only respect something or someone that you know you know what they're capable of and I feel so many times we limit God 
we limit his character so 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 many times because we are yet to understand or to know him essentially no matter how hard we try we can never truly fully know god but i think we can do our best to know as much as he lets us know about him god wants us to know him i believe that god wants us to get closer into a relationship with him god wants us to know him and if we're willing to seek him we will find him and after knowing him then we can respect and we can fear him and then we can speak with such boldness that king david spoke today when he said that is all that i desire that will be my victory and god will surely bring it about i don't know whatever god has spoken on in your life i don't know what god has promised you i don't know what covenant and what promises from god you're clinging on to but i can assure you that god is faithful to his word and if he has spoken a word to you he is going to fulfill it you just have to trust in his power and trust in his character so that is all i could say from that oh so so powerful and then moving on uh there is or there are so many verses actually about david's famous soldiers talked about the famous three and the famous 30 and man i'm just i'm filled with awe because this kind of describes the kind of people that were fighting beside david the kind of people that were used to destroy the camp of the enemies destroy the uh, soldiers of the enemy nations especially the philistines and this just makes me realize that david could not have won all of these battles and all of the victories he won alone he won them because god was with him also because he had this powerful group of men and warriors that always stood by him even while he was exiled even when he was going through a rebellion this man always stood by him and man god you use them so much in battle and i think sometimes we also need to take several steps back in our lives to recognize the kind of people that god has placed in our lives sometimes we're just too self-centered we think everything is about us we think we think essentially that every single thing is about us if we want to um progress in life god will just use only us i feel like god is way 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 more creative than we give him credit for god can use anybody to make you reach your goal he doesn't really need to use only you and so sometimes or probably like today we can take steps back and recognize and appreciate the strong warriors and quotes that god has placed in our lives to help us win our personal and our group battles because these people are blessings from god these are the people that help us when we are weak these are the people that help us when we feel devastated when we feel like all of our hope is gone these are the people that god uses to show us that he's still with us and i think they deserve our appreciation they deserve our thanks they deserve our gratitude so quick assignment uh look in your life if there's anyone that you can recognize as being one of your three 
or one of your 30 in quotes men of warrior take some time out to appreciate them and thank them for always standing there by you so moving on to first chronicles in first chronicles chapter 28 we get a glimpse into the incoming king of israel king solomon we are going to be entering his um reign as king very soon as we round up on king david and today david is kind of giving his son a quick heads up on the work that is ahead of him king solomon is going to be the king that is to build the temple of god and yes this is not a small project this temple is going to take years to build but david is kind of giving his son the encouragement he needs like don't worry i've got it all covered here are the plans here are the materials here are the people to help you, the craftsmanship. Here are the people that I've selected as musicians, the people I've selected as guardsmen. Like, I've literally done all of the background work. All you have to do is to start the work. I mean, it's easy to say, but it was probably a huge task for someone as young as King Solomon at that age. And one thing that we are going to be looking uh, into as we move on is that we recognize that King Solomon started off very strong. He started up as a timid child who was placed in such a fragile role and he not wanting to give any disclaimers. Anyways, he ends up being such a wise king that rules powerfully. But while he starts strong, he really doesn't end that strong because we, we would see that he uses his wisdom in the wrong way. He uses his wisdom uh, to... In the wrong way. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> he uses the wisdom in the wrong way. We're going to see how very soon. But one thing I want to talk about real quick is from verses 9. And it says, And to Solomon he said, My son, I charge you to acknowledge your father's God and to serve him with an undivided heart and a willing mind. He knows all our thoughts and desires. If you go to him, he will accept you. But if you turn away from him, he will abandon you forever. So, so powerful. These are the last words of a father to his son as he's about to pass away. And he's telling his son the most important thing. In whatever you do, always go with God. Even when it seems like the most stupid decision you can make, always go to God with an undivided heart and a willing mind. And I, I'd like to read this as an encouragement or an advice to me as well. This is King David, not just uh, encouraging or advising his son. He's also advising us who are on this journey with God to follow God with an undivided heart, with a heart that doesn't prioritize anything else above God, doesn't prioritize our money, our finances, our job, our family, our education, our goals and ambitions over God. God comes first. And so our hearts should always be focused on God first. And also following God with a willing mind. Even when obstacles seem too big for us, even when it seems like we are just literally walking on pointed stones, even when it feels like we, we cannot see the next step, but God is still telling us to move on and move further. We should trust in him and have faith in him. Because he is worthy of our faith. And that is what it means to follow God with an undivided heart and a willing mind. 
and he says this warning also that if you go to him he will accept you but if you turn away from him he will abandon you forever i mean there are two ways this last words can go because we recognize that the israelites have turned away from god numerous times and we also have turned away from god multiple times but god hasn't abandoned us at least not yet which is a good part god hasn't abandoned us yet he's still with us he still wants to bring us back to him and we should take full advantage of that because if we don't then we might start off good like king solomon but end up not that good we might start our journey very strong but end it really really bad we might mess up our life that is what i'm saying so essentially while you move about your day or if you're about to end it like me don't forget to follow god with an undivided heart and with a willing mind and let the holy spirit help us because it is easier said than done anyways with that i would like to bring this episode to an end thank you so much for listening this far please do not forget to share leave a review and subscribe to this podcast if you haven't and i hope to see you in the next episode same time same place have an amazing day